0: up my friend and welcome to the dango show i'm your host dango coach to high performing entrepreneurs and professionals and what we do at the dango show is tease out the best practices of the highest performing entrepreneurs in the world while sharing cutting-edge evidence-based information to help you become healthier and wealthier so if that's what you're into you're in the right place click that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so every time one of my episodes goes live you'll be the first to know All right, welcome to the podcast. And there is no intro for this one. I'm uh, going solo and uh, have a couple of interviews lined up for the next little bit, which I'm pretty excited for. But uh, this one, it's only me. All right, I hope hope that's okay with you. Okay. And um, today I wanted to talk about uh, my sleep routine. And this is very important and near and dear to me because. Uh, for the past 20 years, I've been working on my sleep. Uh, it's been a almost a bane in my existence. I actually, uh, at some point in time, I thought that it was just going to be a genetic factor of mine to just never go to sleep and to never have a good amount of sleep for the rest of my life. And when uh, the, the types of things I was dealing with when I was going to sleep are, number one, I, I struggled with first getting to sleep. In the first place, and being able to go to sleep. So I, I look at sleep in the in actually just like two stages. I know there's multiple stages for for me. It's like two stages. One is like my ability to get to sleep, to put my pillow to put my head on the pillow and just be able to uh, fall asleep and just knock out. The other one is staying asleep. So I would wake up multiple times at night. And I would just wake up and I would wake up, I would be awake, I'd be like, okay, what am I doing? I might as well go to the washroom. And I would go back to my bed and I would try to go back to sleep and sometimes it would take me 30 minutes to get back to sleep. Sometimes it would take me an hour. On the very horrible times, I would get back to sleep around two or three hours. So I've really worked on this. and. Uh, this is, poor sleep has been something that has been running through my family for a very long time. And that's the reason why I thought it was genetic, because my dad would be going through the same problems. He's 75 right now, around there, still going through them. And I've been trying to help him as well. And I I just knew that with every single thing that I go through, there's always a solution. There's always going to be a solution to the actual problem itself. Some of these solutions are going to be Band-Aid solutions, but you know, a lot of these solutions, hopefully you're fixing them at the root. And one of the things I realized about sleep in general is that it's not necessarily genetics. It is more so a factor of habits and the way in which you go to sleep. And I've taken the past 20 years to figure this stuff out. So I hope that whatever I am going to be relaying to you is going to help you improve your sleep. Now, one thing I have to mention is that I track my sleep scores using an Aura Ring, and I know that uh, there are some experts out there who don't recommend doing this because it could have an effect on the way in which you act, uh, you know, throughout the day. If you feel like you got, if you actually have a bad sleep score, it could affect your mood in the way that you uh, you kind of face the day, so to speak. But for me. I find that sleep is one of the most fastest, uh, fastest, I guess you could say, activities where you have instant biofeedback based on the things that you do the night previous to it. So let me go into these tips right now and hopefully, again, it gives you some value. So first of all, mouth taping has been a huge revelation for me. So when I would go to sleep, I would... Be breathing through my mouth. And how would I know this? Uh, my wife would tell me sometimes I would snore, especially on sometimes if I do drink alcohol, she'd say be, I would snore. I would have dry mouth when I wake up in the morning. And what mouth breathing does, is actually just really bad for your health. I did a YouTube video and I also uh, did a, I'm going to be doing a podcast on it. And it puts you, mouth breathing puts you in a state of fight or flight. If you're getting chased by a bear you're going to try to get as much air and oxygen into your body to get away from that bear. You're not going to be breathing through your nose. But let's just say you're not getting chased by a bear and you want to de-stress yourself, then we would want to relegate most of our breathing towards our nose. So when you breathe through the mouth, it it puts you at higher risk for sleep disorders like snoring, sleep apnea, and hypopnea. I hope I'm saying that right. And when I tape my mouth at night, it forces and relegates all the breathing towards my nasals, my, no- my nostrils, not my nasals, but my nostrils. And I found that this has allowed me to get deeper sleep, to increase my REM scores, and also it is the method that has helped me do what I call time traveling, which is the, be- the ability to put your head down, to go to sleep, and to wake up the next morning And sometimes that's jarring to me because I'm so used to waking up in the middle of the night. So I wake up, it's like 6 a.m. and I'm just like, what the heck happened? And it is one of the weirdest feelings, especially if you have this uh, propensity to wake up in the middle of the night. And mouth, uh, again, nose breathing and breathing through your nose, it uh, helps you alleviate the symptoms that we talked about in terms of snoring and sleep apnea. And what it also does is it helps relax you. Uh, nose breathing is, by nature, parasympathetic. It is a relaxing, de-stressing way of breathing. And when I think about all these things, when I think about sleeping, when I think about breathing, these are things that we do on a regular basis. How often do we just learn about these things? Most people, they just take it for granted. And then they call themselves night owls, they you know have disrupted sleep, and they just think that that's the way that it's got to live, or they got to live for the rest of their lives. But It doesn't have to be. So, when you're listening to this, you may think, okay, well, uh, some people may be scared of taping up their mouth. And if you are scared of taping your mouth, you don't have to do it. This has just worked for me. Maybe it's going to work for you. Maybe not. Um, But especially if you feel like paranoid about doing this, um, I'm not going to tell you to go and do it. Uh, Again, I just want to say this is based on my experience. And if you want to try it, you can try it. Now, a lot of people have asked me, what type of tape do I use? I have tried almost every single piece of mouth tape on the freaking planet uh, because I got into this, like really deep into this at some point. And what I found is, and especially after talking to who I consider to be the Michael Jordan of functional dentistry, this, his name is Mark Berheny, He's going to be on the podcast soon. Uh, we I use a simple piece of next Nexcare uh, tape. It's next care non-allergenic Uh, mouth tape. Or it's actually not mouth tape. It's just non-allergenic stronghold tape. Um, It's like one inch. It gives you about four yards. And I found that to work the best. And it's also very cost-effective. And I'll leave a link for that particular tape to the show notes. All right. Moving on. No alcohol. So I used to be like a one-drink-every-other-week-or-every-other-day type of guy. And I didn't realize the health the negative health effects that alcohol has on my body. And for the past, uh, I would say it's over 30 days now, I've been testing out uh, what it's like to get off of alcohol. And since eliminating alcohol, I've observed through my sleep tracker that I'm able to sleep faster. I've seen a massive improvement in my deep sleep, my REM, my heart rate, and my recovery scores. And I found that not drinking alcohol, especially for a significant period of time, is a net positive to just sleep normally. <laughs> um, and I did, and I, I thought drinking alcohol was healthy for you, or there was some part of it that was healthy. Maybe I was rationalizing to myself, but it's not. It is, uh, if you watch the Andrew Huberman episode on drinking alcohol, which I, if you do drink alcohol, I really, I recommend that you watch that entire episode, study it. Um, what you're gonna find is that alcohol is a net negative, especially when it comes to sleep, when it comes to the effects on your brain, when it comes to the effects on your body. Since uh, eliminating alcohol, again, my sleep has improved by a large amount. And uh, this has had an effect on my focus, on my energy, on my mood, on my reactivity. And it's just something that I feel like I'm gonna continue on doing. Am I gonna give up alcohol for the rest of my life? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I was talking to one of my clients um, and he was, he's, he's off of alcohol for a little bit too and he was known as the resident party guy and then I asked him, I was like, because we were going to this um, this gathering of my uh, entrepreneurs uh, starting, or actually it's going to be in January, it's going to be in Costa Rica and I asked him because we usually, we um, <laughs> usually, what we usually did was we would be in the jacuzzi on the final night, we would drink tequila and just, Enjoy, enjoy the night. So I asked him, "What are we going to do this (laughs) this time? Where if we're not drinking alcohol?" I was like, "I don't know, dude." But anyways, that's a story for another day. So yes, alcohol or not drinking alcohol has had a major, significant impact on my quality of life and my quality of sleep. So the other one is going to be blue light blockers. So when you look at a phone or a TV screen, it's emitting blue light, and it's kind of like putting, it's like kind of like staring at the sun right before you go to sleep. What kind of message do you think you're sending to your brain? So blue light messes with your body's ability to prepare for bed because it actually blocks a hormone called melatonin that makes you sleepy. So at times I I look at screens. So I put on a pair of blue light blockers to help my body sleep faster. And this, the pair of blue light blockers that I use is called Swannies, and it's owned by my friend. disclaimer. It's owned by my friend. His name is James Swanick. It's a fantastic pair of blue light blocking glasses. Comes in many different fashion flavors. And I've been using it for the past decade. And a little story around this. I had a client who uh, who, who doubted the efficacy of these blue light blockers. He would go to sleep at 12 a.m. He would wake up around 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. And he would just think that's normal. He's called himself a night owl. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's put on these blue light blockers around like 6 p.m. because that's when the sun starts to go down. And let's see exactly what happens. He started to do that. He did that for a week. And he ended up starting to get super tired by 10 p.m. And he would wake up at 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. And then he'd say, Dan, what am I supposed to do with myself now? I'm waking up too early now. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, well, this is what happens when you align your body with your natural circadian rhythms and your natural clock. So a lot of times when people say that they're night owls, they're not really night owls. They just have poor and shitty sleeping habits and they're looking at screens before they go to bed. And uh, and yeah, so blue light blockers is a huge benefit. Uh, I would say it's an investment in your sleep and your health. You don't have to get a whole bunch of pairs. You can just get one pair that's going to last you almost like the rest of your life. So uh, yeah, I would get one of those. Uh, I'll link the Swanies down below. The other one is, the other thing that's helped my sleep is No caffeine, 12 hours or more before bed. I learned this a long time ago that I'm very caffeine sensitive. And if I take more than one cup of coffee a day, what's gonna happen is, is I am going to not be able to go to sleep. There was one time, I actually, uh, I take like a medium cup of coffee. And there was one time the barista made a mistake because I put a medium cup of coffee in a large cup, so I have more coffee to drink, so I can elongate the enjoyment of my coffee. And he mistakenly put a large cup of coffee inside of my drink. Lo and behold, it's 10 PM. I'm going to sleep and I'm tossing and turning. I'm like, why am I not able to go to sleep? And and then I asked him the next day, I was like, Did you put a large cup? And then he's like, I don't, I don't know, but oh shoot. Yes. Yeah, I think I did. I was like, don't do that again. (laughs) And I found for me, because I'm caffeine sensitive, that I need to have just one cup of coffee right in the morning, one and a half hours upon waking. And then if I do need another coffee, I actually just drink a decaf coffee. uh, And I try to have it again, still like before 12. And uh, the decaf coffee gives me like this placebo effect. I'm drinking coffee. It works. For me. And uh, and again, like uh, you want to stop drinking caffeine or putting caffeine into your body at least like 12 hours before you go to sleep. Now, there are some genetic freaks out there, Now I say that in the most endearing term, who can drink coffee and then just go straight to bed. And I do believe that they have a gene that allows for them to do it. They are a very small percentage of the people out there, and I am in awe of them. So no caffeine 12 hours before going to bed. Now here's the next one. It's called the 3-2-1 method for better sleep. So here it goes. I don't eat three hours before going to bed so I can sleep deeper and also improve digestion. I don't drink water about two hours before going to bed so I can avoid waking up and having to go pee. I stay away from all forms of cognitive stimulation one hour before going to bed by reading a book. Usually it's a biography or it's a fiction novel, I'm reading Lord of the Rings right now. Amazing. Not uh, that Rings of Power show. Oh, gosh. Um, One of my favorite Twitter uh, guys is Nathan Barry from... I think he's the founder of ConvertKit. He wrote down on Twitter that Rings of Power was just way better than uh, House of Dragons. And I was just like, someone hacked your account, Nathan. Someone must have hacked your account. It is horrible. But the OG Lord of the Rings masterpiece. one Probably the best trilogy on the planet ever. All right, that's a side note. So I, I do this, this 3 to one method, because it just helps me go to sleep faster, it reduces the cognitive load. A lot of things, like especially with like staying away from all forms of cognitive stimulation. So, cognitive stimulation can be email. It can be social media. It can be Slack. In my case, but I don't want to be thinking before I go to sleep. I want to put my head down. I want to relax. I want to go straight to bed, uh, dreaming about orcs and uh, and hobbits and dwarves. <laughs> that is a joke. Do not take that seriously. But yes, this is the three two one method. Now, the first two uh actually all three have been proven by uh by just anecdotal evidence and also by studies as well. so use that that's a great system. number six, morning sun exposure. so I take a walk in the morning and then when I'm taking a walk in the morning, I'm putting my head up, and if you don't if you're not if you can't see this because I'm actually on the podcast, you can only listen. I'm putting my head up to the sky. And if the the sun is on, if the sun is blazing. Then I kind of like cl- close my eyes a little bit. It it brings the sun through my eyelids. If it isn't, if it's muggy outside or whatever, I put my eyes right up because the light is a signal to your circadian rhythm. It's actually a signal to what is called your suprachiasmatic nucleus. It's this little uh, like, this this little thing inside of your brain that uh, that turns on your circadian rhythms and your circadian clock. And morning sun exposure plus movement, you don't have to get the movement, but you could. It helps turn on your circadian rhythms. It also helps produce serotonin, which improves your mood and assists in sleep later on. And while I you know, walk up again, I just do what I call sun gazing. And uh, sun gazing is just putting your eyes up to the sun and you can close them if it's like too uh, too sunny. You don't want to be staring straight into the sun. Just disclaimer on that one. So the next one is going to be environment, setting up my environment to win. So environment is the invisible hand that shapes our behavior. That is not my line. That is the line from James Clear. And what you want to do when it comes to sleep is set up your environment in the way in which you can win. So personally for me, I set my temp to, or temperature to 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, I would like this to be lower, but I sleep with uh, my wife and my kid and they don't like super cold. My wife runs super hot in the family, I run super cold, unfortunately, so we have to find a happy medium between the both of us. And I black out my room, we have blackout shades, I wear an eye mask too, because that's how, I guess you could say, that's how, I don't wanna say Nazi-ish, but I guess I just did, but that's how militant I am about blacking out and having a very dark space to sleep in. I have a firm mattress, And I also have a firm pillow and I use a weighted blanket to go to sleep. This is not a routine per se, but environment is evergreen. You set it up once so it is all ready for you to be able to set you up to win and go to sleep as early as you can. Now, the other one is going to be dimming the lights at night. So again, like I said, with looking up at Looking at screens or whatever, you know, whenever you have bright light when you're about to settle yourself or going to sleep, you have to understand that bright light does the same thing as looking at a screen. What we want to do is we want to pretend as if we were living in a cave or a forest or outside, like our prehistoric ancestors. Our bodies and our brains have not evolved over the past uh, 20,000 years. So we want to mimic. Uh, what our ancestors have done in order to optimize what our bodies are capable of doing. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to dim the lights, we have to pretend as if the sun is going down, and this starts preparing your body for bed. Sometimes you can take this a step further by lighting candles, making it super romantic, you know what I'm saying? And using this form of light when it becomes pitch dark or outside. And this is a fantastic way to just start kind of like using as a routine to prepare your body to go to bed. And it just makes sense when the sun goes down, so should your lights as well. Now, there are a couple supplements that I use to go to bed. Uh, one of them is uh, 200 milligrams of magnesium biglycinate, uh, 50 milligrams of apigenin, which can be found in chamomile tea. I do 100 to 400 milligrams of L-theanine. I also do about five grams of glycine, I find that all of these just help me relax and help me get to bed a little bit faster. I did not come up with this uh, supplement uh, routine or whatever it is. I got it from uh, OG, uh, Andrew Huberman. So shout out to him for this supplement uh, stack that he, uh, he helps. So if I'm to summarize everything, it's going to be mouth taping, no alcohol, blue light blockers, the 3-2-1 method, morning sun exposure, setting up your environment, dimming the lights. And if you need to, then use supplementation. I would recommend getting something like a sleep tracker called an Aura Ring, or it could be a Whoop Band, or I think the Apple Watch is starting to do it right now, maybe Fitbit. But you want to find a way to test out these things that are happening because you could throw up all this shit at the wall. But if you don't know exactly what's working and what's sticking and what doesn't work, what's the point? And you can only know that by tracking. And the way to track is now, we have technology that's able to do it. So, that is my, I guess you could say, nine step routine or, or nine point routine of how I have fixed my sleep over the past 20 years. And it is so surreal to be able to put your head down and to be able to wake up the next day without any disruptions. It's kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of weird sometimes. And it's like jarring from an energy perspective because you've gotten the amount of sleep that you needed. But you just, it's just weird, but it's weird in a good way. Um, especially if you've been disrupting or if you've been waking up in the middle of the night, disrupting your sleep. This is one of these things that is just going to feel weird, at least in the very beginning. And then to a certain degree, I'll be honest, that I kind of sometimes miss waking up in the middle of the night because it elongated the whole day for me. Now I just like knock out, wake up in the morning. It's like a piece of the day got taken away from me, although that day was quite torturous. So maybe maybe I just like unnecessary pain in that sense. But I hope this gives you value. I hope this helps. And it has helped me. Again, I'm saying I'm not saying it's going to help you. I'm uh, approaching this from an aspect of of just personal uh, anecdotal type of experience right here. So, so again, I hope my experience helps yours in some way. If you deal with uh, any disruptions in sleep, anything that uh, you've been kind of going through, then you can take any one of these points and then test it out, see exactly what happens. So yeah, hope you got some value out of this. Uh, Much love, much respect. And uh, see you on the next one. Take care you again for listening to the dango show we have some amazing episodes coming your way so make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already if you're already subscribed and today's episode hit home for you please share this episode with someone that you know who'd benefit from listening take care and see you every week on your favorite podcasting app